Love you when you was in beast mode. Loki thought you was a cheat code. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Welcome back to the Cheat Code. I'm Mel. I'm joined, as always, by my host, Cuz, and uh, we got an amazing show lined up for the day. Uh, joining us today is Amber Hawley. She's a couples therapist, owner and founder of Couples Fix, and uh, she was been kind enough to come and talk to us today. Welcome to the Cheat Code, Amber. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, by now, you know that what we're trying to uh, get to with, with our show is we're trying to help people understand uh some of the deep factors with cheating uh especially when it uh, deals with men and um and we got a a professional right now with us a couple therapist that has dealt with lots of couples over the years and um have seen uh infidelity from uh, her side and she's gonna you know kind of walk us through some of these things and we got tons of questions so um amber can you tell us a little bit about your background Sure. Um, yeah, so I've been a licensed therapist and working with couples for, now I already forgot, like thir- over 13 years, let's put it that way. Awesome, wow. Um, I stopped keeping track. But yeah, I've worked, uh, prior to becoming a therapist, I worked in the dot-com industry in Silicon Valley. Um, and so, yeah, working with couples as a specialty, I obviously see a lot of infidelity. Uh, okay. That's one of those big factors that people have problems in their relationship about it's usually money sex <laughs> infidelity and you know communication are the big ones so yeah i've been helping lots of couples and you know hundreds multiple hundreds of couples over the years and uh it's something i really it's really rewarding to help couples kind of get past it because i think for a lot of people they think oh you know my partner cheats on me i'm just going to leave them and most of the time, that's not true. We think that's our deal breaker, but it's much more complex than that. Right. It is. It is. But let me let me ask you this first question. What has been the number one root cause uh, of infidelity in the couples you've worked with? Hmm. Well, I think there are lots of factors. This is the annoying stuff that therapists say. But <laughs> I would say <laughs> probably we're always like, it depends. That's like our favorite thing to say. Um but I would say a lot of the time I see that there's there's like distance or conflict in the couple and they just kind of like one person feels rejected or they're going through stuff themselves. So I, I guess that's probably the biggest one. But I guess I see so many different things. There's people that are going through their own personal stuff and they use an affair as like an escape. Mm, okay. Um, you know, and then for other people, it's, you know, something happens and maybe their partner isn't as available to them. And so they, they just feel like they just feel like they're not getting the love and attention that they need. And so they start to seek it elsewhere. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it's funny you said that because um, so far I've interviewed, you know, and, and cuz is one of the guys that I've I've talked to about it and he's, he's the host of the show, but he also has has dealt with infidelity in his past as well, and uh, another guy that I interviewed as well. They both are consistent with saying that um, it's their infidelity mostly just came from their uh, inner issues or, or inner turmoil that they had within themselves. So, like like you just said, they were seeking something, yeah. or they was trying to uh, uh, fix something in them, um, and that was their escape. You know, the, the cheating exactly. was asking. Okay, okay. So, so they, and it's crazy. 
it's been consistent so far with everyone I talk to that that's like a huge factor. There's other and there's other factors like you said, but that's like a huge one. So you, you agree? Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I I think if we watch movies or TV shows, like everybody just thinks, oh, everyone's a player, and it's really just about using people. And you know, there are definitely those people, but in my experience, that's a really small part of the population. It's you know, it's people who are using people or people who have sex addiction, that's a very small part. It, mm. it, I see more of the people who are going through something themselves and mm. it's a way of, yeah, making themselves feel better, finding an escape, can trying you, to feel something. Can you speak to that, Cuz? Yeah, I, I agree with it. You know, it's definitely um, something that you're trying to find within yourself, you know, because right now you're dealing or talking to a reformed professional cheater <laughs> i like that i've never heard that before i like it yeah that, yeah that's that's that, that's one of our new terms man reform reform cheater it's 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 a everyday like you never get over that because if it, if it came from deep factors within you um and to those get a hundred percent fixed you're always going to deal with that small void that you're trying to fill. um so it's, yeah. a, it's a challenge every day I agree, one hundred percent. Remember, professional. <laughs> yeah, I like the professional part. I was like, you were so good at it; you were worth paying. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 cousins, you was you was uh, uh, talking to me with got Amber uh, LinkedIn today. You were saying uh, when therapists actually deal with, you know, people that you know uh, are, are professional cheaters, like you said you were. Uh, can you sense that? Like when you can you sense when they're BSing you? Yeah, yeah. My question, my question definitely to you, Amber, would be: Do you know when you know your clients are you know kind of giving you some some BS? You know, some false information. You know, not all the information. You know, you kind of <laughs> yeah. hearing them talk, kind of listening to them, and you're like, hey, uh, this guy's not telling me this, the whole story. You know what's going on? Do you sense that? Um. Yes, most of the time, not always, but I would say when it's a professional cheater, I can see right through that. <laughs> so <laughs> because they they have this, uh, they have a, you know, they're they have their little spiel, and it's like internally, I can be like, well, that's bullshit, but I'm here to help you. So right. like, right. I I don't tell them, not always, not at first, you know, because it's it. I think it's really important to show compassion because just because you cheated on somebody doesn't mean you're not a good person. It's just, there's something going on. Right. 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 So there are times where it's like, Oh, come on. Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right. I'm leaving that. <laughs> and there are times where I've had people, I mean, my, my thing is I can only help you with what you bring in. So if you come in and I'm going to try to take you at your word, it's just, sometimes it's so unbelievable. Right. But I'm going to try to take you at your word. And if you're going to lie to me, then it's, it doesn't ultimately hurt me. It hurts you and your ability to make the changes, but it's a very shame filled thing. So I understand right. why people do. And I think it's very different. Like I'm saying, it's very rare that I get that person in that's giving me that spiel. And so you see through it pretty quick, but most of the time, like people are still lying to themselves or, you know, I've had people where we're, we're working together and, they're like, oh, yeah, I ended the affair and we've been working together with their partner for, you know, a couple months or whatever. And then it comes out that they're still having the affair. 
Uh. You know, I mean, if you really want to hide something like that, you're going to hide it. What Would so? You, what what do you do when you find out something like that, but the spouse doesn't know yet? Like, but you know, you're working with them over a period of time. Like, how, you know, what I mean. Well, you, so when I'm working with a couple, I have what we call a no secrets policy because that would put me in a really shitty position. Okay. So if if I'm working with someone individually and they tell me, then that's I, my client is the individual, not the couple. And so sometimes a couple will come in for like a support session. It's not my job to disclose that information. But if I'm seeing a couple and then we happen to do like an individual session or somebody calls me outside of session or sends me an email, which happens, and this is why I tell them in advance, like if they're like, oh, hey, I just want to let you know I'm still, you know, seeing whoever. (laughs) Then it's like, okay, well, in the next session, we're going to need to talk about that. Okay. Gotcha. That's fair. Because that would be a horrible position to be in. Yeah, you know? I can imagine that. Would mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's it's in, interesting. You know, I'm uh, really ready to pick your brain because I'm gonna speak from a, you know, professional and you know, past. You know, and just like I'm coming to sit in your office, you know, what is the typical, you know, thing you see? We might have answered it, but. The typical reason why, you know, men say they cheat, you know, so if I'm coming to your office and I sit down and I give you the story, I say, hey, you know, Amber, you know, I'm just uh, I'm just fed up, you know, fed up with, you know, my wife, you know, she's not doing the things I want to do and doing the things, you know, she should be doing. Do you think that that's really the reason that this guy's cheating or would you say is something else like do you just go with that and kind of keep going or do you kind of you know take a step back take your notes and know that you got to come back the next time or the next session with, with a, a different angle well i guess you know you're the expert on yourself and so i usually ask questions to kind of unpack it a little bit more okay so what does that mean that she's not doing things you're wanting her to do what does that look like is it even realistic so there are times where you know, you might want your partner to do something or be a certain way, but that's 100% not who they are and they're not going to do it. So then, then what? You have, you have three choices. You can accept that and continue on with the relationship. You can keep being upset about it and keep cheating, or you can break up. Like you have those choices. So uh, if it's a reasonable request, and that's what I think most of the time it is, it's like, hey, you know, my partner, either they had a new baby or they are consumed with work or family stuff, or there's been, you know, a lot of, you know, trauma or tragedy on their side, and they just don't give the attention and the, the, they're not showing up, then, then yeah, you feel rejected. And so you're seeking somebody to accept you and love you. And Mm. so what I try to do is help the couples figure out how can you show love to your partner in a way that makes them feel loved. So, so, so yeah, I'm glad you said that, Amber, because I listened to another podcast that you was on and you spoke about the uh, five love languages and I actually took the quiz. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm oh. a, I'm a person that needs the, um, the, the touch, you know, so uh, uh-huh. how, like how important is understanding your partner's love language to uh, actually someone deciding that they want to step out for uh, whatever the, you know, whatever feeling they're trying to get that they're not getting inside their home. I think it's huge because 
and this is something I see a lot where there's like this mismatch. It's like, I actually, both people love each other, but they're showing it in ways that maybe they feel loved, but their partner doesn't see it that way. So like a classic example would be um, that I've talked about a few times is there was this one woman who she really, her, her love language was quality time. And so the five love languages are physical touch, gifts, words of affirmation, which is like, I love you, you look beautiful, you know, right. like, you know, showing appreciation, quality time and acts of service. And um, so like doing thoughtful things for your partner or, you know, it could be picking up the dry cleaning, doing oil changes, cleaning the house, whatever. Right. Um, and usually we have a top one, but we can have a top couple. But so this woman, quality time was her top one. And her husband was really busy and, you know, he had you know, he had things he had to do, job, and they had kids, and they had a busy life, but he continued to buy her gifts, and he thought this was his way of showing love, and so mm. she would continually say, like, I just want you to spend time with me, and he continued to buy her gifts, and so she she said intellectually she knew he loved her, but she felt very lonely, and just she wasn't satisfied because he was never spending time with her, and so I think it's really important and I think that's such an extreme example. It's so obvious to see, um, but he still <laughs> he had a hard time with it. But the physical touch thing, like that's huge. And so there are times where people are like, oh, you know, I made you this great meal and I did all these nice things for you. And maybe I bought you a gift or and I right. tell you nice, things, but I never touch you. Right. We never have sex. Yeah. That person's not going to feel fulfilled if that's physical touch is their love language, their main love language. They're not going to be happy. And that's big, too, because people are brought up different and, and, you know, people upbringing and socialization is different. And you might come from a family to, you know, where they wasn't touchy feely and huggy and all that stuff. But you might marry someone who came from a family who was touchy feely and hug and, you know, all that stuff. And so y'all get married. Y'all, like you said, they love each other, but they're speaking a different language as far as love. So I can I can see what is that what what that's the issue. And, and And then. The the first thing we learn as teenage guys is, you know, the only love language we speak is knocking the bottom out of that thing. And, and, and that, that, that <laughs> I'm not sure that's love, but yes, we'll go with that. <laughs> that's not that's not love, Amber. <laughs> it can feel like it in the moment. But, <laughs> but I think what you said was so important because that those two families you were talking about, and then we'll get back to knocking boots. But, <laughs> but uh, the two love the the two families, then that person who grew up in the touchy feely family feels rejected, and their partner is could feel very like uh, like smothered, and so they're mm. like ah, like. They're thinking like, I do all these great things for you and all you care about is sex. And that's what I see like, oh, that's all you care about. And it's like, well, that's not true. I mean, there, there is sex addiction, but again, that's a very smart, small part of the population. Right. But it's like, if you're not, if, if you're not having, you're not having that physical touch in the way you need, it's like, yeah, you, you do feel empty. And so it's figuring out how can you find that middle ground for those two people so that no one feels rejected, but nobody feels like they're being forced into something. Wow. That's and just, so it's so common. It's it, it, Yeah. And it's, and it's so, Oh man, this is, it's, it's so good to hear it like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad whoever wrote that book, wrote that book. Uh, but, <laughs> but like, like 
as a it, like we get married at 23 and 22 like we get married young we don't even understand that concept until it's 10 years into your marriage and you're like ah oh, shoot i married someone who speak a totally different so now you know now you have now becomes work you know uh trying to show your spouse that you love them because you you know you got to study them and, and, and maybe that's not a bad thing but it's like you know i think for the most part we think once you fall in love with someone it should be so like such you know like an easy thing to be with that person yeah, yeah. love love yeah. will conquer all and it, i think that's crap because you can really love people but that doesn't mean you're going to be a good partner to them right right yeah what so, was you about to say cuz no i just think uh you know, at the same time, you know, I know having that love language and speaking it is 100 percent, you know, uh, a good thing. And it's very important. Uh, I could have sworn we were just talking about my life when y'all was talking about. <laughs> so, I swear that was my life. I knew it was. You know, we just didn't say no names, but it's OK. Um, <laughs> but I, I still believe that in a relationship, you still have to you have to give and take. So even though. Um, someone might not say, Hey, this is not me. I don't do this. You, you, you still have to give and take, you know, on both sides of the spectrum, you know? So if a guy, you know, a female needs that touch and she needs to be touched, then that guy has to give and take to touch every once in a while. And then on the flip side, the, the female has to see that, that this guy's really trying to do it. And then <clears throat> she still have to give and take on his side so it still has to be a give and take in order for it to work um because if you just completely shut out like i'm not doing x y and z this is what i want this is what i need i'm not going to give it's never going to work right right exactly right yeah and, and amber uh so for, for what cuz just said um, so once you identify something like that and you realize, okay, we're a mixed match when it comes to love languages, now we're aware of it and now you work towards it. When does it not feel like work anymore where it's natural? Like how long does that take? But, you know, <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it can depend, but I like when I work with couples to kind of work on that part, because I think a lot of, a lot of problems in relationships come from a lack of connection. And a piece of connection is obviously feeling loved by your partner. And so, you know, I think you have to build the habit. And so if you keep working at it, I think the work is remembering to do something that doesn't come natural to us. It's not, it shouldn't be grueling, right? It shouldn't be like this, ugh, like I got to go be nice to my wife or <laughs> I got to go have sex with my husband. It shouldn't be that bad, but, <laughs> right. but it's more right. like remembering <laughs> So I, I think it is possible to, to answer your question. I think it's just building that habit. And for some people, you know, it's like a month or two and then it's just becomes like they remember, they remember to do this or they're consciously working on it. But that's also why, like, sometimes I'll have people come back in for what I call like a tune up session because they kind of become complacent and they kind of just like stop doing the things they know they need to do. Mm, okay. And so yeah. I think it's like anything, it's like exercise, right? Like if you're not somebody who naturally goes to the gym, like you just got to build the habit of going to the gym and then, you know, life happens because there's going to be times where things happen and you're a little less connected with your partner. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, do you go back to the gym or do you be like, Oh, well, kind of tired of going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that, no, that's good. That's good. So, so, uh, and, so, it shouldn't be, you know, uh, a, a a bad stigma when you when you when you say the word work, 
and marriage like you know marriage should be work right like you should study your partner right and like that's a good thing right i, I think so if yeah if you want to have a a happy healthy marriage i would say so um if it's one of these things where it feels grueling and it's just like no matter how hard you try nothing changes it might not be the right person so there's something about that too you know there's this idea like yeah the love will conquer all like oh i'm in love it's all magic and everything's going to work out. It's like, well, maybe not. Cause you know, sometimes we choose to get with people for, for reasons and we might not even understand ourselves as much. And as we grow and change, it's like, Oh, well actually, you know what? I do need a partner who's, you know, more physically, you know, expressive or whatever. And sometimes that can be worked through. So I'm, I'm definitely a proponent of trying to make it work. Um, but I also just want to put out there that sometimes it's just not a good match, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. What What do you think is, I mean, what would be your, you know, term? How would you know that it's not a good match, you know? Um, and I have a follow-up with that. Like, um, do you believe in relapses in marriages? You know, it's almost like mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a guy who relapses, who stops but does it again? Like, how do you, what do you you think about that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it can happen because like I was saying, life can happen. You know, I've seen people where it's like, you know, like a parent dies or, or a family member or a child gets sick and then you're having to like do all this extra care and giving. And so, or they lose a job or some major tragedy happens. Um, or they're just feeling kind of, you know, in a different phase of life, things happen that take our attention and our energy. And so then we don't have as much energy to give to each other. Mm, And sometimes, sometimes I think when we're, we're really working on being connected with our partner regularly, like we can handle those little blips, like no big deal because it's, you know, I sometimes liken it to like building up like a savings account. It's like you, you're, you're putting in attention and love into the savings account so you have money to draw from. But mm. if you're overdrawn and then shit happens, <laughs> then you're like, okay, uh, I, you know, I can't, I can't do this. And so people make mistakes. Of course, people slip or whatever you want to call it. Like people are human. We're in the wrong species for perfection. But I think there's things that you can do to kind of protect yourself from that. And and hopefully there's enough awareness of like, hey, I'm about to do this thing. And I just know that this would destroy my relationship. And so I don't want to do that right now. Mm. But sometimes we make bad choices, right? Then that's true. That's true. But I mean, that's, I mean, I, for, for you, like, how do you have all the bandwidth to deal with multiple couples that you see this come in and like you i'm pretty sure you're passionate about uh marriages and 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 love and couples like how do you deal with it personally like you know what do you go to like uh unwind or you know kind of data dump all the stuff that you're taking in as a therapist yeah yeah well one that's part of like being trained (laughs) it helps you to learn how to compartmentalize but obviously there are people that you're just like rooting for them and you just love you like love them and you're like oh i just want them to make it work right and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't right and you know so it def i don't know i get so much i get so much joy when couples are really able to get through those tough hurdles and do the hard work 
and like have difficult conversations with each other. It's so inspiring to me. And so I think it's like those stories keep me going and, you know, learning how to compartmentalize. But I will say probably the number one, it's such a good reminder for me, like being a therapist. There are times where I just feel like so much gratitude about my relationship. And then I have to remember, you know, because I'm human too. Right. So, right. so there are times where I'm like, you know, I'm going to go home and be extra loving today. because <laughs> I feel really grateful for yeah. how he shows up. Yeah. And so I'll do nice things or even with my kids too. You know, I'm, I think about because people go through so many struggles. And right. You know, life is hard. There's right. a lot of shitty things that happen. So and, then, and, then, I, and, and then you've been a therapist. I'm pretty sure people are looking for you to have the perfect marriage as well. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, which is not yeah. realistic. Right. Exactly. That's I know not that's fair the idea, all. right? Like they're like, oh, it's gotta be. It's like, yeah. no way. Yeah, I trouble mean, in paradise. Trouble in you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're two humans. And honestly, my husband and I couldn't be more different. And <laughs> we're so very different. And so it is, I think we have to work hard at that, like being mindful of that. Right. But we've been together now um, 20, 22 years. Right. And hey, so. Congrats. Yeah. That's good. I know. Love, I know. Yeah. And, married you know, too. So it's, no, uh, married for 20 or no, uh, 18. So okay. we've been married. We, we were dated for five years. So I guess 17, 18. Oh, then I think we're at 23 years. See, this is what happens when you spend so long. You just forget. You're like, I don't know, some number. But yeah, so we were together for five years because I was 22. And I'm like, you know, your prefrontal cortex does not even stop developing until you're 25. So like you want to make sure you're making good choices. Right. But um, and we change. And so, you know, and I love him a lot. But of course, we're not perfect. And we went to couples counseling after having our first child, because I think having children just puts a spotlight on like issues that you have as a couple, because you don't have the bandwidth or the energy to deal with it. Anymore. Right. And, and, and also from what, for my, you know, what I observe, like it's, it's something internal that a switch comes on for uh, new mothers. Like, like your priority becomes that child. Like, you yeah. know, so all the fun that you might've had, uh, you know, with, with with your spouse before the baby. I mean, he could have been jumping off the ceiling fan, uh, you know, you know, knocking the bottom out of that thing, you know, all that stuff, right? And then when when that when that mommy mode kicks in, like that's not priority no more, you know, you yeah. know. So you're like, don't touch me, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, just go away. Yeah, like you're, yeah, yes, and that's a natural transition that can happen, right? Right. Yeah. You got to yeah. figure that out. Yep. Yeah, is a is yeah. a, a lot of a lot of adjustments to make. Um, so I, I another question, Amber. Um, so being a therapist, and uh, once you get a couple, and let's say you once you start digging into uh, everything, you you realize that um, what's causing the infidelity issues is one of the you know either the male or the female has like some deep rooted childhood trauma that's um. Uh, that's you know you know that's kind of like the root cause of them seeking validation uh outside of their marriage for whatever reason right so how do you how do you deal with how do you do that how do you deal with that yeah and it does happen of course i think a lot of us have experienced trauma throughout our lives and so um sometimes it depends if it's really severe i would recommend individual therapy as well 
Sometimes people will do it at the same time because it's really beneficial. And sometimes they'll take a break from couples if they need to, to kind of work on it. Um, But sometimes it needs, you need that because, you know, sometimes there's a lot there. Um, Often in my experience, there might be somebody who has something going on like that. That's really the predominant contributor, but it's still a relationship issue. Okay. It's still, it's not like one person is the guilty party and one person's the innocent person. Okay. You know, there's, you guys, you interact off of each other. Now, again, one person might be, have that thing that's contributing and making them make those choices. And maybe that's the bigger factor, but there's still stuff we can work on within the relationship and how we show up. Oh, uh, okay. So, so, so if I, so like, like, like what you just said, if the big factor is, is that uh, childhood trauma, and something within a relationship triggers that. So, so say for instance, if yeah. if if uh, if I didn't feel love um, from my uh, parents, um, and within my marriage, when I feel love from my spouse, you know everything is good. But whenever I feel rejected, maybe because we have different love languages, then that's when I go seek it elsewhere. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. And so in that case, you know, your partner or your spouse or whoever. They need to, they, there's things they need to do to be more cognizant that if they care about you and care about the relationship, they're going to be more aware of what triggers you. And that's part of why therapy, or, you know, you could do it on your own, but most people don't, but talking about like, what are your triggers? And then if your partner cares, they're going to try not to do that. Mm, right. Yeah. They're going to try and they, they're not going to be perfect at it either because, because <laughs> we're human, but they're going to try not to do those triggering things. And they're going to try to be more cognizant of, yeah, like showing you that love and affection. Now, if it's one of those things where, and this happens, right, where like parents don't show love, you can't expect someone else to fill that hole. And so Mm. you need somebody who definitely shows up and does it, but they can't be the only one. Like you need to do the work to fill that hole as well. What what does that work look like? Like, I mean, like say, say friends, well, I'm going to play a clip for you from uh, one of the episodes. One of the guys I interviewed, I want you to hear what he said. And then to the best of your ability, try to, you know, try to get some advice uh, on how he should approach this. Okay. Sure. It's it's a gumbo mixture, man. I got mama issues. Yeah. Okay. I have major mother issues, which, which ultimately developed into female issues. Okay. Um, and so, um, that was a major contributor. I have um, self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, y'all remember I had big lips. I mean, I still got big lips. Yeah. But back then, it was an insecure thing. Now I'm like, you know, I have your. Not- so, mommy issues and insecure about uh, physical, uh, um, you know, you know, you know, his big lips and stuff like that. But most, but mostly the mommy issues. Right. 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 How, yeah, how, how so do you speak would, to that? Yeah. So what I would say is you know, for his partner, it would be really important. I'm just going to pretend that physical affection is his love language because I don't know. Okay. But let's say it is physical affection. He needs somebody who is willing. And, and again, this needs to be that they want to do this because there's nothing worse than like obligatory sex or obligatory physical affection because then the person starts to feel resentful. Mm. But he needs somebody who's going to be really loving and affectionate. Like if he had somebody who was a little bit colder or, you know, just not as touchy feely, that's probably going to be really hard for him. Mm. And at the same time, 
like, again, if this is a bank account, he, he can't have the hole in the bottom of his piggy bank <laughs> and then think, that this person could ever fill it up because there's this, everything's draining out at the bottom. Mm. So his responsibility would be to work on his self-esteem issues and to do the work around that. I think that and the feeling of, you know, I am lovable is a big thing. Right. I think ultimately a lot of stuff can be broken down into two big camps. Either I don't feel worthy or I don't feel lovable. And he needs to work on, understanding that he is lovable and yeah. then that way when he is getting that love and affection from somebody it will actually fill him up okay. so it's kind of like you need both you can't you it's like you know oh just love yourself enough that you don't need anybody that's great but we're social people <laughs> um right. but you can't expect someone else to fill that hole I mean, he has to mourn the loss of having a mom that he you know we all have this idea of what an ideal mom or dad should be. And he has to mourn the loss of not having that because mm -hmm. it sucks. Right. Man, that's, that's deep, man. Does that make that's sense? Deep. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, I, man, I'm so glad that you came on to talk to us because, like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm learning more and more as I go. And as I talk to people, man, I'm learning so much. Um, yeah, I sure appreciate you. Um, uh, but, yeah, that makes 100 uh, percent uh, sense. I like it. I yeah. like the way, you know, she, Amber, how you, you know, you talk about um, tackling like the trauma, but more importantly, how you tackle that it's still a couple's thing, you know, because yeah. <clears throat> at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I, I, that person has to work on a self and try to overcome, you know, individual counseling and try to get to the root cause of it, but also, finding those triggers. I think that's a big thing in relationships and, you know, speaking from the past, you know, people, if they don't understand those triggers or they're not willing to adapt and help, you know, those triggers and reduce, then it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and cause, and, and th this is one thing I wanted to ask you too, Amber. Um, so, now we we've been dealing with the the cheater on one end, but now let's go on the other end of the spectrum to the spouse who um, you know got hurt by the cheating. But from that hurt, that's also trauma that they have to deal with. And now you don't trust your spouse, but you still want to stay with them and work it out. But you're never going to trust them again. Like how do you deal with the spouse that I'm I'm just never going to trust you? And I'm going to uh, the only way I can stay with you is if I can keep tabs on you. Um, um, uh, you have to be perfect. You have to walk on eggshells. Like, you know, how do you deal with, cause now, now you got to deal with two different, you know, two different animals now. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's why couples counseling can be really hard for the therapist because you have to balance the needs of both people. Um, and that's what I say a lot to my couples is like, it can't. So if the person who was cheated on, it can't just be about their needs of what they're wanting. And yes, we're there to help them heal that trauma because it is a trauma and that breach of trust. But if you don't care at all about, you know, the other person's needs and what they're wanting, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Like, cause that's just going to make them feel like shit. And then it's going to make them feel disconnected and then they're going to go cheat again okay. or, or, you know, or move on, whatever. Um, and so it has to be about both people's needs because in a healthy relationship, both people's needs matter. And so what I would say is in the beginning, it's very normal to be in that place of like 
micromanaging your partner and saying like, I need to know where you are all the time. Like, I want you checking in, mm-hmm. like, all, you know, like having tabs 24 seven, it's very normal because it's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And I say, we understand that we're going to be working through it, but a few months from now, six months from now, that can't still be happening mm-hmm. because that's not sustainable. And so if the idea is like, we're just never going to deal with this or talk about it, but I'm just never going to trust you again. That's not going to work. Right. Like my experience is people do rebuild the trust. It takes a long time. It can take a couple of years, but it shouldn't be like two years of utter crap. Like it should be that, you know, the first, I would say like three to six months can be pretty rough, but then as time goes on, you're working on stuff, you're building trust, you know, you're keeping your word, they're feeling more comfortable and you're talking about things and, you're, and 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 my experience is the person who cheated, they feel like they can't talk about things that are upsetting to them that mm-hmm. their partner's doing because they feel like, well, you know, I screwed up, I hurt them, so now I can't. And so, wow, that doesn't work. Yeah, I, I, I think this, you know, it, it, that does work in a normal situation, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you still got to go back. You know, you got to have a good therapist like we got on a on a mic here. Amber, we got a good therapist here. You got to have one of those who are willing to find that root cause because, you know, looking at past, you know, myself, that yeah. that uh, you, you're going to have that on you the whole time. You know, you're going to be watched. You know, you're going to be looked at because you're still falling into the into the cheating. And if you don't find that, you don't find what's the root cause, you're never, it's never going to be an end of thing. So, you know, speaking on that, I would say that I think it's, it takes time and you got to do, if if that's the place you want to be and that's the home you want to be, you got to endure it and you got to endure it for, you know, the sake of your love and what y'all got going. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Questions for us, Amber Man, because we don't pick your brain enough. <laughs> I mean, this is I mean, well, now this has been helpful, man. I hope I hope for the audiences listening. I hope this has been helpful, man, because it's it's actually helping me a whole lot, man. So, um, well, good. I'm glad. Well, it seems like you guys are really insightful. Like you, you just inherently know some of these things that you know I've seen by working with couples for a very long time. Um, so I'm glad you're doing this podcast because how how great because men don't really have this venue to talk about this stuff yeah. in my experience. Mm-hmm. And so, and because there is so much shame with it. Right. Right. And so I just, I love that you guys are doing it. Awesome. I appreciate it. I mean, and I appreciate you coming on and this can't be the last time you come on. Cause once, once we start, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You got, you got, you got to at least agree to a couple of more. Cause once we start like, in, you know, talking to more people and unpacking, you know, more things, you know, we're gonna to have to have someone that's a professional to come make some sense out of it for us. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I would love that. Oh, yeah. awesome! See, good. I, I put you on the spot. I asked you while we was recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's either that's either the smartest thing ever, or it's gonna blow up in your face. <laughs> no, it sounds great. All I right. love talking about it. I love because I want people because the person who I hate when people are like branding the person who cheated as like, they're just these terrible people because that's not the reality of it. Right. And so there's, I, I really think I want people, if you feel it, if you're just in shame and you're feeling just terrible about it, you're not going to make positive choices. So it, you know, we got to stop that. 
Right. So uh, last thing, Amber, can you tell us a, a little bit uh, more about uh, Couples Fix and um, uh, your podcast as well? Can you plug some of your stuff before you get out of here? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I have Couples Fix, uh, which is, I, so I own a practice in Silicon Valley in California where I do regular therapy, or I did until I just moved across the country. But I still own it and have other people that see clients. Um, but Couples Fix is like my online version to it. And kind of my specialty is I work with high achieving couples or a lot of entrepreneurial couples. So because there's like inherent challenges there. But I did start the Couples Fix podcast that I'm going to be start putting out more regularly. So it's a great resource for people if they just want to learn more about how to have a happier, healthier relationship um, without, you know, giving up on the things that they want to do in their own life. That's kind of my philosophy. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. You got anything else? So yeah, Couples Fix. Yeah, Couples <laughs> Fix. I'm going to check it out, man. So if you're listening, yeah, please check that out. And um, yeah, please seek out uh, uh, a counselor or, or a therapist like Amber because I, I, she's not like, you know, because cousin, we were talking earlier and you were saying like the first uh, therapist you went to didn't dig into it, the issue at all. Just stayed, no. up, just stayed on the surface, right? And, yeah, they just stayed on the surface. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of, I would say, you know, looking back on it, I think it kind of ruined me. And I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not talking bad about the, the therapist. I, know, I am. I am. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's you can though. But, there are people who aren't the best therapists. It's like anything, right? And they might not have even had any training in, in working with couples, which really sucks. But it really is about the right fit. Because I've had people come see me that had terrible experiences and they were so happy. And you know, like I'm a I'm kind of a different therapist. I'm a little I'm a little more coachy and I'm I, I think I'm really down to earth and I think my clients like that. Um but it's finding the the therapist that works well with you because right. that's really what matters. Because if you don't trust the therapist, it isn't going to work. So yeah. finding somebody who you gel with is, I think, the most important factor. Mm. Yeah, I, I like when you, you know, you talked about it on, on here on the podcast, how you able to call out the bullshit, you know. And I think <laughs> that was one of the things, you know, for me, you know, I went into it, you know, lying because, you know, you, you scared, you're ashamed, you don't know nobody, you, you don't trust them. Exactly. But if I'd have had, you know, Amber back then yell out like, hey, that's bullshit. I know you're still in them draws. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And once when, once I know you well enough that you could take that from me, I will say that. Like, <laughs> but it's like we don't do that in the first session because we'll be like, fuck this, I'm never coming back. We don't know if you that out. I, I forgot to ask if you swear, even though I've been swearing. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's true. And I've had people who are like ex gang members really hard and then they're, but over time, like it was a good vibe and they were really honest. So it's really, you, you had an ex gang member, uh, uh, agree to counseling. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> wow. Would Look, you would be shocked. Let me, so, so let me ask you, you off. Uh, I know I would I, say he was better than his partner. <laughs> He was willing to do the work more than his partner was. Wow. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I've also had the other where I've had the guy come in and I'm like, everything out your mouth is bullshit. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't say it like that in the room. But I said, you know, this doesn't feel productive. (laughs) I don't think you should waste your money paying. Wow. 
That is hilarious, man. The, the yeah, ex, so, I, that, that's gonna stick with me, man. The ex gang member. Did he did he have his so, did he have his colors on while he was in there? <laughs> no ex. Still has tats, lots of tats, but no colors. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but it, but why I'm saying that is because again, I think there's this idea of like only certain people go to therapy and only certain people work through stuff, and it's not true. Well, and, I mean, it, that that stigma is there because. Uh, like that's not in a in a black community that's not like a um that's not uh, like we we rarely waste money on uh 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 life insurance like so so you so we not <laughs> no i'm serious like because where i grew up at like like when you got things that you need to buy and spend money on it was the bare essentials so yeah, stuff exactly. stuff stuff like uh life insurance uh uh stuff like um health insurance and definitely, you're not gonna spend no money on no therapy. Like no. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, that's well. That, yeah, that's, when you're struggling yeah. against me, it's really hard, right? Right. So there are definitely places out there that will see people for low cost to no cost that have great therapists. Okay. So it's again, it's really finding that therapist that is the right fit for you, and that you feel like you can trust. And and you're not you don't always know that in the first session. Like that could take a couple of sessions. Like I can yeah. tell when somebody's like giving me the look like they're like, okay, you know, whatever. Should have spotted cheesy me. Or, yeah, they're just like, no, I don't trust you. I can feel it. But yeah. you build that trust over time. But if you go and you see somebody a few times and then you're like, this person's giving me crazy advice and I just this or I don't I feel like they're judging me, then it's like, no, that's okay. not a good fit. So there are definitely places, but definitely go look for a therapist that it is an investment. That is for sure. If you don't have insurance, but you know, look for somebody that is a good fit. And there's so many people out there. And I do understand, like you're saying in the black community, that it isn't as accepted. And I think that, you know, hopefully that's shifting more and more with, with people like you guys talking about your experiences, unfortunately a bad one, but of that doing the work is important right 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 yep. yeah yeah we try we, we, we try to bit by bit get rid of that stigma and 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 um and you know make it more comfortable for people to you know because everybody i talk to after we talk they say this is actually therapeutic a little bit you know this you know i'm glad i'm glad i got it off my chest mm. you know so I, I i see i see the importance of it and i see where you know where it could help so um and- and maybe you're never going to go to therapy, but it is true that that's why I think what you're doing is so great. He's talking. It's a big piece of it is just talking about it. And of course it helps to have a professional who's guiding you and like challenging you when you're, you know, stuck in your patterns, but you don't have to have that. Having other people who have the same goal as you and you guys just talk about it is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how, yeah. how's it how's it been for you because like cause you you you've seen a therapist a couple of times right yeah absolutely like i said the beginning was you know pretty bad you know and uh it it never took me nowhere until i you know recently about you know two years ago uh met a therapist that was you know it was kind of like amber you know she looked at me a couple of times and was like yeah you full of shit <laughs> 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 I think and, you said uh, that in a more loving way, right? <laughs> it's loving. The face was so loving that I had to admit it, you know. So I had to, you know, I, I honed, you know, honed it in, you know, um, and just kind of went from ground zero to, you know, to the end line, and it it 
really opened my eyes on what was going on with me personally. And then also help me and my wife, you know, understand those things and then make it, you know, so much better, you know, in the beginning. And I've been going at it for 20 years. So, you know, this is <laughs> this is a big thing for us. Right. Real big. Oh, you said 20. You've been going at what that. for 20 years? Uh, married for 20 years. And dang, was, yeah, marriage for 20 years, man. And I would say over half our marriage was me in them streets. Yeah, so that's that's a that's a big thing. You get married young, but if you don't understand, you know what's going on with you, then you know you're gonna have trauma. So that's why we're trying to put this out there, you know, to get guys to understand that like it's okay, you can admit these things, you can um, seek advice, and you can figure it out. I love it. I think that's so great. All right. It, since I appreciate Amber for coming on, and like God, did you you go come back and do another episode? We, just, you know, that that's absolutely. What... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you guys are entertaining. I will totally come back. All right, awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Cause you got anything else before you close it out? Oh, uh, I just appreciate you, Amber. Uh, thanks for coming out here with us, and uh, we definitely will see you again. That's right. good. Thank y'all for uh, listening to another episode of Cheat Code. Uh, make sure you subscribe on uh, all platforms. Uh, make sure you uh, give us a five star rating and please go and uh, seek out uh, a good therapist like Amber if you think you need to. Uh, it's not it's not a, a, a issue to do that. It's actually a good thing. So uh, until next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>